Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Hello, and thanks for joining us here for episode 631 with Andrea Wainerstrand. If you've been intrigued by coaching, think you'd like to do some more of it, get some more of it, have a feeling it might make a big difference in your organization. Andrea's got a cool story about how coaching really has transformed a lot of stuff over at Microsoft. So you'll learn one, why curiosity is the secret sauce to growth. Two, three, coaching approaches that accelerate the growth. And three, how to get into that coaching mindset. So if you want to check out the show notes or the transcript or the links to items we've referenced, drop it by awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP631. If you are listening to this episode in January 2021, hot and fresh, then the episode is ad-free as a little thank you to listeners and a welcome to new listeners. Many of you show up in January. So I want to let you know about a couple of the cool features at awesomeatyourjob.com. And if you've been listening for a long time and know everything, you might want to skip ahead a minute or two. But if not, and you're new, I say welcome and want to point out four cool resources you might love. The first is some of the intro welcome episodes uh, labeled Zero, Start Here, and A, B, C, D, E, F. Those can give you a quick sense for the kind of stuff that we cover here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. They should be right at the very end or beginning of the feed as though they were the, the very first episodes ever or old. If you sort old to new, you might need to push subscribe in your podcast app player to see them, but uh, those are a great way to get oriented to what we're all about. Secondly, I recommend you check out our Gold Nugget email list, uh, which provides summary insight and wisdom from Andrea and all the guests who've come before her. You can read those in about two or three minutes. Maybe you say, hey, you know what? Building a coaching culture isn't something that's urgent for me, but I'm curious. Well, you can read that Gold Nugget and then grab another episode all the faster. That's the Gold Nuggets at awesomeatyourjob.com. Thirdly, if you want to find a particular episode for your particular need, check out the magnifying glass at awesomeatyourjob.com, which lets you search for anything you want. We get the full text of every episode. They're all transcribed, so they're readily searchable. So you can get there that way. Or every episode's also been tagged by the topic and the competency covered. So many ways to make the learning fun and accessible and summarized and to review over at awesomeatyourjob.com. Now here's Andrea's story. Andrea Wainerstrand works with leaders across the globe in transforming their teams to keep pace and get ahead in today's digital market through developing leadership and management capabilities. She is an International Coaching Federation, ICF certified executive coach, serves as a global board director with the ICF and leads the global coaching programs at Microsoft. With a business strategy focus, Andrea has over 15 years of international experience in organizations from 50 to 100,000 plus employees with a multi-industry background, including technology solutions and services, business management consulting, and telecommunications expertise in leading the development and management of large-scale global talent lifecycle and development programs specializing in sales, marketing, technical operations, and customer service organizations. Big thanks to Andrea for sharing her wisdom with us. And big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. One sponsor to check out is LinkedIn Jobs. Did you know that you can post a job for free 
at linkedin.com slash be awesome. And with a fresh year, perhaps you're like many small business owners looking for some fresh insight and talent to make 2024 extra amazing. Well, LinkedIn Jobs has created tremendous tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. I love how they make it so easy with their promotion and selection tools. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, no, no. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Here's some fun facts. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash awesome. That's linkedin.com slash B-E-A-W-E-S-O-M-E, as in you are being awesome, be awesome, to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. Here is Andrea. Andrea, welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. Hi, Pete. How are you today? I am well. I'm well. I'm excited to dig into your your story and your wisdom. But first, I want to hear, there's an interesting backstory to your name of which we, <laughs> we practiced the, the pronunciation uh, several times <laughs> beforehand. What's the story? Well, Waterstrand is my husband's name. I took on his clan name, if you will. And he is the only American citizen in his family. It is a Swedish name. It's actually Lake Vonner, which is the largest lake and strand is shore in Swedish. And yes, I was dating him for about a year before I could even spell it properly or pronounce it. <laughs> oh, sure thing. Well, I don't think that'll be hard, uh, but I will. <laughs> I'll call you nice things. And and, and we're, we're going to hear some nice things uh, talking about coaching and coaching cultures and the benefits and, and your Microsoft story. Uh, but maybe let's, let's zoom out to like fundamentals at the core. Can you tell us how and why coaching boosts performance? Well, at its core, the technique of coaching really is drawing on the wisdom within the individual that already exists. It, it holds them whole, capable, and resourceful, and it allows curiosity to come forth. And it's a technique that each of us can use to really help those around us uh, get clear with their objectives, get clear with what they want to accomplish, and get clear and understanding how capable they really are. Okay, well, that sounds like some great stuff, and I've experienced that on on both sides of the coaching table as the 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 coach, or the, as well as the the coachee. And I'd love it if you could perhaps put some numbers to this in, in terms of can you lay out the case quantitatively, numerically, in terms of the benefits for individuals and organizations when it comes to coaching? What are you seeing? Absolutely. So. The International Coach Federation had a great study with the Human Capital Institute in 2016 on building coaching cultures. And in particular, they see that managers and leaders that are using coaching skills use it to enhance performance. They see approximately 72% of them successfully using that. They also use it, of course, for professional growth or career development. But one of the most interesting aspects is that 41% of them that are doing this really well have learned to use coaching to build a foundation of trust. And in today's environment, in order to really motivate your employees and to be an Empathetic leader, especially in today's times, where so many of us, at least through 2020 and into early 2021, are working from home, this aspect of empathy and having a foundation of trust is important. And the research there really shows that we can leverage the power of coaching and being more coach like as managers and leaders in doing that. Additionally, 
at Microsoft, we're seeing from a year-over-year perspective in our work health index that we're seeing at least double-digit increase between um, our first year and our second year for our employees that are showing that compared to those who have not taken the training, they're scoring their managers higher regarding their ability to coach and lead. And so, again, through the Work Health Index, they're getting a higher WHI, a higher year-over-year change. And we attribute that to the coaching trainings that we've been doing. Oh, excellent. And for those who are not as familiar, what is the WHI or Work Health Index? Work Health Index, that's a great question. So in many corporations, there is a employee pulse or a employee poll asking questions of like, does your manager coach you? Do you feel supported? Do you see yourself um, advancing in this organization? And so it's really about the health of the organization. And managers, and this is a global type of measurement, managers are often measured to the score that they get in that. And what we find is those that we have taught to be more coach-like score significantly higher and have more engagement with their employees. Mm-hmm. And so then I imagine the, the work health index and engagement figures are then in turn linked to all sorts of other great outcomes in terms of people have more creative ideas, they stick around longer instead of trying to, to jump ship as soon as they can, etc. Well, absolutely. What you see is retention. You see actually greater business outcomes. So it's really when folks feel empowered, when folks feel confident they'll achieve greater results. And so depending on what industry or business you're in, the power of being more coach-like with your team, if you're a project manager or if you're a people person, people leader, if you will, the results are very similar in the fact that when you enable innovation and creativity through the power of coaching, you're going to get extraordinary results compared to those that perhaps don't embrace a growth mindset And we look at curiosity as the underpinning of a growth mindset and the lever for curiosity in organizations is coaching. Mm -hmm. Okay, growth mindset to curiosity to coaching. I I see that uh, channel pathway, you know, makes some good sense to me. And so I'd love to get your sense for maybe beyond the, the numbers and the conceptual, you know, you know, what do you see, hear, feel on the ground level in terms of individual contributors and and managers' experiences at at Microsoft? Like, have any benefits sort of surprised you or or things that you've you've heard folks say that make you go, oh, I guess that's also great from coaching? What I found is that many of our sales folks, they're individual contributors in the organization. They're using the curiosity with their customers. So, Microsoft in particular was a very licensed transactional company for many, many years. And then we moved into the solutions world as we moved to the cloud. And in that, you have to understand what your customer is going through, what their needs are, how you can help them. And the power of coaching, such as, you know, what's on your mind or, you know, what's the real challenge going on here? And showing up with curiosity is allowed the connection with our customers to be accelerated. It takes less time to actually get to something that's actionable and has an outcome for our sellers when they deploy these type of techniques with our customers. So there's that 
our managers, as they're becoming more coach-like, you know, they've upped their capability to be able to identify in the moment, you know, you can coach in 10 minutes or less. It's just being more coach-like. They've upped their capability for identifying coaching moments when really that individual just needs a confidence boost rather than being told what to do. And so we're seeing results on both sides of the, of the coin, if you will, are Individual contributors are utilizing the techniques of being more coach-like and utilizing the growth mindset with our customers. And then also our people managers are using it with their teams. And there is a cascading effect when the manager uses it and then the, the employee uses it and then the customer benefits. That's cool. Okay, so so benefits all around. Well, then having established that, folks are, are bought and like, okay, that sounds cool. Let's uh, Let's bring it on. Can you share with us the story in terms of uh, how did this come to be in terms of starting at the beginning, uh, what happened with Microsoft that, that led us to embark on this coaching journey? How did the, the narrative kind of unfold there? Sure. I don't think it's any surprise that uh, Microsoft at one point in our history and not so long ago was considered kind of the old school. You would see the Apple commercials against the Microsoft commercials where the Apple was the the new sleek device and, and Microsoft was looking a little dated, right? We also, as I mentioned, were more transaction. We sold licenses to software and we've had to evolve our model. And now we are a solutions company and, and our mission has changed from putting physical devices on every la- you know desktop in the world to empowering everyone across the globe to achieve more. And so in order to have something big and bold like that, you've really got to embrace a different mindset. And under when Sachek Nadella came into our leadership, he really set the tone of what is a growth mindset and how is that different than how we've thought about before. And this is moving that dial from a know-it-all culture where, you know, we were the only game in town for a very long time to now we have competition and how do we differentiate ourselves and how do we expand and think of what is needed next as you saw marketplaces expanding. Things like Uber didn't exist back then. Airbnb, you know, we had classical definitions of what is a large account. And then you had these magical unicorns that were coming out left and right and using technology and innovation. So that growth mindset as our cultural North Star became very important. And in order to really foster the North Star. One of my favorite quotes is Marshall Goldsmith's, what got you here won't get you there. And so we really had to look at how do we, you know, scale, you know, we were not adding on people. So how do you scale through others? How do you add on and accelerate? And the power of coaching, really that activation of curiosity and empowering a growth mindset was the trigger that we thought was necessary. So for the last few years, we've really been dedicated to expanding our leaders as well as our frontline salespeople with their curiosity through coaching. Okay. And can you paint a picture for sort of what's the, the current state in terms of, of coaching at Microsoft? I mean, it is expansive. You know, can you, you lay it out for us, like where and how all is, is coaching being deployed? Absolutely. So we have some training efforts that we've done for our managers. In fact, all people managers at Microsoft are required over the the next year or two to complete our, our core coaching habit training that we've done. 
Is that uh, the Michael Bengay Stanier coaching habit? Yes, it is based on Michael Bengay Stanier's work. We partnered with Michael and created a course within Microsoft that we have as an interactive course. It's on a what they call a MOOC platform, massively open online course. And it allows for folks to do micro learning, so bite-sized learning, as well as practice and cohorts, how to be more coach-like, and then actually go apply every week. So we created that with Michael a little over two years ago now. We launched it two years ago this January 2021. And from that as a baseline, We've now trained 93% of our global sales and marketing organization managers and 33% of all Microsoft managers, as well as another 5,000 and growing individual contributors in our sales and marketing organization. So it's becoming a common language on the questions. We use the Facebook question, um, what's on your mind that Michael kicks off with everybody. He calls it his Kickstarter question. But we also have melded that with our Microsoft values and our manager expectations of model coach and care. So we've had that going, as I stated, about two years now. We also have ongoing kind of neuroscience reinforcement going on. I believe in the the power of social cognitive theory, which means that it's simplest form. I'm more apt to do it if I see you doing it too. Mm-hmm. And so we have mechanisms in place to uh, constantly be a drumbeat, if you will, to help people show up and be more coach-like. Okay, excellent. And then, so if, well, 93% of sales and marketing people managers, and then a third plus of, of all managers are there, uh, to what extent do you engage with, uh, uh, I guess, uh, hired guns or, or coaching pros as well? Certainly. So we look at coaching through three modalities. And this goes back to the Human Capital Institute's research from 2016 with the International Coach Federation. We look at coaching as a service, which you're talking about. We look at coaching as a capability that I just shared. So this like manager and employee training on how to be more coach-like. And then a third one is coaching champions. Let's talk about uh, what you call the hired gun, but we call it coaching for service. Generally, uh, this is done in a lot of organizations. Outside external coaches are hired. Uh, They're either hired to help a high performer that is going to accelerate their work, or sometimes it's brought in for a situation to do some course correction. At Microsoft, we have certainly those traditional programs in place. We also look at democratizing coaching, i.e. letting it be available for different purposes throughout the organization. We've done some coaching on your coaching, bringing in external coaches for our managers. Uh, We've run a coach training program. So in particular, the coaching as a service is still a standard format for modality of coaching in our organization. And we've gone deep in the last two years with coaching as a capability. And then we have a beautiful group of champions of coaching. And these are champions that are of being more coach-like in the the capability section, as well as there's over 200 and growing certified professional coaches across Microsoft that just happen to be coaches on top of their regular Microsoft day job. And they all show up with a passion for curiosity and championing that throughout the organization. Well, that's, that's really cool. And so then that, that sounds like a substantial investment. And so globally speaking, so there's reports speaking to the benefit impact of coaching in terms of the 
the worker health index and an engagement. How, how does Microsoft go about measuring the ROI and to the extent that you're at liberty to share? Does it look good? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the great news is that we are seeing that year-over-year trending increasing. When we launched in January of 2019, it was right before our first employee post poll. And so we were really had a great baseline. And we are seeing year-over-year, so we hope to see the trend completing. It is a journey, though. Even in professional coaching, you you start off with the International Coach Federation where you go through 60 hours of training, and then you get 100 hours worth of actual application. And then you can finally test to be a professional coach. And then you're an associate and you need to now gather more hours to actually become a professional level. And then you need to gather, you know, a thousand more hours to become the master coach. The same applies when you're doing coaching as a culture within a organization, asking managers and employees to have a growth mindset and be more coach-like. It is a journey. And so the great news is we see year-over-year improvement and our managers are able to identify coaching moments. They understand what's the difference between telling and actually coaching, and they're learning to integrate it. And so, again, we're working through how do you integrate that into your everyday conversations? How do you keep the habit consistently and be able to show up as curious as possible, especially under stress? And I guess what I'm thinking about ROI, I'm specifically thinking about the dollars invested in and the estimates of of dollars of benefit value created, which can be hard to do with estimates and assumptions and how much credit attribution do we give to this or that. But as best as you're at liberty to say, you know, how are those figures shaking out? So while I can't give you an exact dollar amount, I can tell you it's significant and it's of a nature that we see immediate results. Um, we have as our mission at Microsoft to empower every person in every organization on the planet to achieve more. And a key lever for doing that is developing the how and how our managers show up, and that is through coaching. And what we've done through our training programs is really looked at the behaviors and beliefs that are necessary for people to show up and be more coach-like with their teams to really foster innovation. And so before they entered into our training, I actually, as an entrance criteria, if you will, asked them a series of questions. And we asked them the same questions when they exited the training. And what's really interesting is that we found that uh, 98% of our participants believe that you can enable an autonomy in others through leveraging coaching after the training, as opposed to 72%. So that was over 25% increase in a belief structure. Additionally, Additionally, 86% of the participants were more likely to use coaching at least daily or maybe weekly, as opposed to only 68% of them might have done this prior. And they might have only pulled it out in their one-on-ones rather than in the moment, timely coaching and timely feedback. And lastly, really leveraging the power of coaching for accountability. A lot of folks think of coaching as that touchy-feely, be nice in its career development, but it really at its core can be used for accountability. And 91% of our participants have actually attested that they can see that coaching is used for accountability and being able to deliver 
results as opposed to we had 69% of them saying maybe I believe into it ahead of time. And so to net it all out when you're doing a cultural move like we have here at Microsoft and really moving from a transaction to a service company with such a big, bold mission, what we're really looking at is ensuring that we have the right mindset and using the levers to empower innovation across our teams. And that's, that's why you're seeing the business results that we're getting on the market with our stock price here at Microsoft. So I'll let you do the numbers from there, Pete. That's huge. And all employees, hopefully in Microsoft, as we get our 16,000 plus managers through this, will hopefully benefit from the actual coaching techniques that we're teaching. Okay. Well, now that's the perfect segue. Let's talk about these actual coaching techniques. So we've had Michael Bungay Stanier on the show a couple of times, and I love his stuff. So uh, listeners, I recommend you check out those episodes. So, but you've seen it firsthand and many times over. Can you share with us what are some of the top do's and don'ts for being more coach like? Are, are there some favorite tips, tricks, scripts, questions? Uh, if we want to go do that, what should we do? Absolutely. So, first and foremost, if you want to understand the simple techniques of how to be coach-like as far as coaching in the verb coaching, okay, versus being coach-like. Michael's book, The Coaching Habit, and his advice trap, his follow-up, where he talks about the three advice monsters. So you can understand kind of the mental aspects and then the simple techniques. Absolutely, absolutely highly recommend that. Additionally, when we look at it in a business context, coaching is one of the techniques that we all have in our quiver. So when we talk about showing up with a coach mindset, there's a aspect of discernment that we ask each of us to have. You know, we all do it naturally as humans in conversation. You're trying to understand, does the other person understand the concepts that I want to talk about? So you'll do a little bit of inquiry and you'll move through that. You might do a form of evaluation and you might actually realize that what you need to talk with the individual about is something that's new to them or a challenge is really steep. So you might have to do a little teaching. You know, you might also need to give someone some feedback and you can do that in a way where you're looking at some missed opportunities or maybe positive reinforcement for a colleague on the team. And you can still be more coach-like in doing that. So we talk about the techniques of what was most helpful or useful here for you. We ask the questions that Michael puts forth of how can I help? where you put the onus on the other individual to ask for what they want rather than you telling them what you can give. And you're still at choice. We also have this aspect of mentoring. So, you know, where folks can learn from your scars that somebody can tread down the path and go, go past that. So for an individual with a coach mindset, we really look at not only the, the strong, empowering technique of coaching, which is that we're folks can learn the most from self-discovery. We also encourage our colleagues to really embrace teaching, mentoring, and feedback and learn how to do that in an integrated fashion to have the most efficient conversation that you can have that also is the most caring and empathetic conversation that you can have. Well, that's intriguing. The most efficient, also the most caring, empathetic. Can you say more about that? Absolutely. So, in today's world, it you know more than ever uh, in the current conditions, we are all stressed for time. We also are back to back to back to back. And 
I have heard over and over again, I don't have time to give them feedback or I don't have time to coach. But if we can show up curious with everyone we encounter, and yes, I mean everyone, including your bank clerk or the grocery <laughs> clerk that you're, you're giving your card to, to to buy today's groceries, the more you can show up curious in those micro moments, the more you're showing up with empathy and connection to others versus overthinking or trying to solve the problems. If you can really show up with curiosity and let curiosity drive where you need to have your conversation go and use the power of discernment, you will have a more efficient conversation, i.e. you can get more done in less time and get to the heart of a challenge faster then when you jump in and try to give advice or try to solve it for someone else, that often becomes all about you rather than about them. And in empathy, it's very similar. It's all about them. It's not about you. When we have sympathy, it's about us. When it's empathy, it's about them. So they really go hand in hand. Okay. Well, I'd love if we could do just maybe a couple minutes of demo here in terms of Let's say there's a situation and you can make one up or, or I'd make one up like I'm a salesperson and I haven't been meeting my figures lately. Or if there's another scenario you'd like to run with, we can do that. And, and so can we see it sort of both ways in terms of the, the coach-like approach that you'd endorse and the not-so-coach-like approach that you'd recommend we uh, try to steer away from? Well, Pete, let's do this. I'm happy to, to step in and show you what coaching looks like and what coaching doesn't look like. Let's do this. Pete, what's a real challenge that you have right now? Well, a, a real challenge I'm, I'm having is just, our, you know, our, our kids sleeping and me sleeping. <laughs> it's, uh, they're, they're almost three and almost two. So we've got two of them right now. And yeah, I, I guess I, I would love it if they did a better job of sleeping through the night or if I did a better job of falling back asleep when they, they holler for a minute and then fall back asleep themselves. Ah, I can hear you. You know, having young ones, you don't get sleep. Uh, I've got some great books that you could take a look at as far as like really some great ideas for sleep techniques. I don't know if you've tried any sleep techniques. Have you tried some sleep techniques for the kids? I have on my very desk, Solve Your Child's Sleep Problems by Dr. Richard Ferber. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good one. I've tried a few of them, but, you know, when my kid was younger, but it really, you know, sometimes you just got to do that tough love and let them, you know, just get to sleep. And uh, have you tried that one? Yeah. And I think we've made some headway in terms of the, the screaming is, is rarer and shorter. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's improvement. But yeah, I guess in the here and now, it just feels like a lot. <laughs> ah, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, it's hard to hear those little ones. All right. So everything I just did right there was not coaching. All right. So first and foremost, uh, I did maybe ask you, what have you tried? Yeah. <laughs> but I went right into what are some of the solutions I've used or I could have used or like there's experts out there. So let's take two on that. Let's see if we can have a different conversation on that. Sure. And, and I'll just chime in that it didn't feel great mm -hmm. in terms of, I mean, it wasn't like horrible, but I, I didn't walk away or, or didn't in the experience of it. I wasn't like, Oh boy, you know, uh, Andrew really cares about me. She gets me. She's, she's connecting it just kind of surface level, I guess, maybe in terms of any stranger 
might engage me at that level. Yeah. And even then, it's not like a great feeling stranger either, is it? Yeah. And it's, it's not horrible. It's just sort of like, yeah, okay, well, hmm. It's, it's sort of like, it's like the weather. It's like, all right, we, we could talk about the weather. That's sort of what we're doing here. Yep. And especially because I went in and I made it about myself, right? So mm-hmm. let's try this a little differently. Hey, Pete, you shared with me that you've got some challenges going on with getting the little ones to sleep. What's going on with that today? Well, it's, you know, it's funny today, my sweet wife did the hard work of last night and, and I was in a, in a different location, <laughs> you know, doing some, some better sleep, but it's funny. It's sort of like, it's, um, it's followed me a little bit in terms of like, a, it's like my body almost just thinks it's normal to wake up in the middle of the night or, uh, or, or maybe like at five instead of, a a seven that I was going for. It's like, ah, and, uh, and I wanted to fall back asleep, but I qu- couldn't quite. So it's like, I guess I'll clean a bathroom. Yeah, I hear you. It really, it really can play with your your body clock as far as you know what what's night versus day. What are some of the things that you and your wife are doing to try to like get some normalcy or or some type of pattern going? Oh, I think we've gotten a lot more rigid, you know, in terms of this is the wake up time and the nap time and the bedtime, and you may scream out for any number of comforts but those are, are no longer going to be provided to you. So learn to comfort yourself better. <laughs> Aww. And how does that feel as, uh, when you're doing it? Oh, it's hard. Um, it's harder for my wife than for me. I, I think it can be a, a little better at being heartless. But yeah, man, hearing your beloved child yell for five plus minutes is is tricky, even with the earplugs in. <laughs> <laughs> What's the plan to like, you know, we talked about today, what's the plan for tomorrow and and the rest of the week? Well, I think we're going to kind of just sort of keep at it. And I guess that's sort of the hope is that we have seen improvements. And if we, you know, keep on trucking, uh, you know, the hope is that we'll we'll enter the promised land here of um, everyone is sleeping adequately most nights. So it's not really innovative of a plan. It's just kind of like stay the course. And I guess, you know, tiny refinements, it's like, oh, maybe a nightlight would be good in terms of, um, you know, uh, providing some comfort that doesn't require any intervention from us later on. Um, or, uh, you know, oh, maybe the time release melatonin will give me what I need to, to fall back asleep if I wake up at four. And it kind of has. So, so that seems to be the thing. Go in the course and, and, and minute adjustments. Well, it's an ever-changing time when you have children and especially of that age. So staying the course, you know, trying little new things. How can I be a further help for you today in this discussion? Oh, you can be forgiving if I say, huh, what? <laughs> and and, and uh, need to repeat yourself. <laughs> Well, I'm here anytime you want to chat or talk about it. Uh, just, you know, hum, yeah, what? <laughs> so I appreciate our time together. I look forward to our next sync. And then off you go. And how did that feel versus our first? Well, yes, it was more pleasant. And I think I heard, I don't see you, but I think I heard a smile coming through, you know, which uh, is appreciated. Uh, thank you. And, you know, it's interesting. Like, it's true you didn't, well, in neither conversation did you give me sort of a, an, a quote unquote answer on like, this is the thing to do. But in the second conversation, I, I, I walked away with more hope in terms of, you know what? Yeah, 
uh, it's unpleasant at the moment, but we are on the path and, and we're just gonna, we're going to keep on rocking. And, um, it's not a, a crisis that I have to solve so much as just sort of, you know, breathe and keep calm and, and, and carry on. Yeah. And I mean, let's acknowledge that we're, we're doing this in front of 20,000 plus people that might be listening to this. And so, you know, it's a, it's a bit more, more filtered, but it, it was the aspect of what you're doing and reflecting on what you're doing and that you're staying the course. And if you're feeling good about staying the course and there wasn't anything, you know, detrimental to you or the child or whatever, it was my job to encourage you. And every coaching conversation looks different. But the main thing between, you know, our conversation A versus this conversation B is I didn't offer up any specific suggestions. I didn't, um, you know, I didn't in, in the second one, you know, you know, tell you what I've done. Um, I might have empathized and said, yeah, it's tough to have young kids. And that's where we as colleagues can really show up for each other. And if I was doing a professional coaching session with you, I probably would have been, you know, going deeper with you and we would have um, traversed maybe some other challenges. Like, you know, I was curiosity. I was like, okay, so why is your wife having a harder time than you with this? But again, staying in curiosity, helping the other individual for self-discovery for them, you know, what's going on to empower them to have hope, to, you know, not be closing down and feeling hopeless. Those are the attributes of powerful coaching that can, you know, even with two people who've never really chatted before, because you and I haven't really had in-depth conversations prior to today, you can still instill some hope in somebody else. All right. Thank you. Well, you're, you're good at coaching and I'd love to get your take on what are some of the top resources you'd recommend for folks looking to improve their coaching skills? Any frameworks, books, tools? We've mentioned Michael Bungay Stanier's couple books as being excellent. Uh, anything else you'd point us to? Um, I, I think, you know, from coaching techniques, if, if you're looking to be more coach-like, Michael Bungay Stanier's The Coaching Habit and The Advice Trap are excellent. If, you want to learn more about the powers of a growth mindset and how curiosity does that, the, um, Carol Dweck's The Mindset. I'd also, there's a couple other favorite books I have out there. Um, Everything's Figure Outable by Marie For, um, Forleo. Um, it really talks about, you know, creativity, figuring things out. The Code of the Extraordinary Mind by Vishen Lakahani. I think I said that right. He's the founder of Mind Valley, and he really like challenges the what he calls the brules. And I'll let you guys go out and look at what brules are with a B. He's going to be on the show and uh, shortly, uh, so we'll get there. <laughs> um, and then I just finished reading Undaunted by um, Tara Golden. Uh, she's the founder and CEO of um, Hint. It's a niche market um, beverage industry, and she really. Um, showed the grit and determination as an underdog for coming into a really established market and what you can do about it. So, you know, coaching is a technique and it's a powerful technique. And when you combine that with a growth mindset and coming in and being curious, you really open up the, uh, the opportunities for yourself and those around you to really do some extraordinary things. All right. Thank you. Well, now could you share with us a favorite quote so that you find inspiring? Well, I think I mentioned it earlier. It's what got you here won't get you there by our friend Marshall Goldsmith. 
And the reason I'm a big fan about it is when we keep going back and trying the, the old ways, it doesn't allow us to adapt to today's environment or tomorrow's environment. And while there's some stayed true methods in the world, the world we live in is constantly changing. So what gets you here won't get you there. And we talked about some favorite books. So how about some favorite tools, something you use to be awesome at your job? Well, I work for Microsoft, my friend. So I have to say mm-hmm. my Microsoft tools. Office. <laughs> well, Teams in particular. Teams has been life-saving for my distributed teams, physical teams that is, across the globe. And I have the privilege of working with people all across uh, about 100 and some odd countries now. So my favorite tool these days is Microsoft Teams. And a favorite habit? Oh, meditation every day. Queen's uh, University in Canada really did some interesting new research onto the brain. And it's something like we have more than 6,000 thoughts in a single day. And so for me, I do transcendental meditation. And for me, it's a way to really kind of file my thoughts and organize myself and kind of get to that deeper level of, of thinking. And is there a particular nugget you share with others that folks quote back to you frequently? It's lead before you manage. It's all about that extraordinary leaders, whether you're an individual contributor or a a people manager, it's not in the doing, it's in the being that differentiates you. So, but if you're going to do, do you. And if folks want to learn more or get in touch, where would you point them? LinkedIn for Andrea Waterstrand or my website, andreawaterstrand.com. Okay. And do you have a final challenge or call to action for folks looking to be awesome at their jobs? I would encourage folks to embrace the power of a growth mindset. And I literally challenge you to show up curious with everyone you encounter in the next 24 hours. And that includes anyone you run into, anyone you talk to on the phone, anyone you send an email to, but you just might learn something extraordinary about that other individual. All right, Andrew, this has been a treat. Thank you so much. And we wish you all the best with your coaching adventures. Thanks, Pete. I appreciate you having me. I really love Andrea's take on not jumping to advice. And we heard that from Michael Bungay-Stanier. Definitely check out those episodes. And I think it's it's so wise and so true that on the giving end, it can just be natural. It's like, ooh, I have an answer, so here it is. But on the receiving end, that's usually not what you want and not super helpful in the moment. So I've been taking a real cue from Andrea here and holding back on, on the advice and the solutions and engaging in more of the way that she engaged with me. And and I think it's actually pretty rare that your advice or solution is so perfectly awesome that it needs to be shared, in my experience. And so that's what I've been chewing on lately. Unless it's like an absolute bullseye, like this is the thing that solves your exact problem and it's super easy and you probably haven't heard of it, shabam. But most of the time, (laughs) we don't have that. So... Great stuff from Andrea. Again, the show notes, the transcript, the links as we've referenced are at awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP631. Thanks for listening. To get the most out of the show, we recommend two key things. First, check out the extra resources at awesomeatyourjob.com. You can find this episode's transcript and links, as well as the perfect episode for your situation. You can search the full text transcripts of hundreds of episodes or explore episodes tagged by topic and competency covered. Second, subscribe to the podcast and get future episodes automatically. You can subscribe by telling Siri and several other smartphones and speakers, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast or by tapping subscribe in your podcast player of choice. 
If you'd like some extra help figuring out podcasts and how subscriptions work, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash subscribe for guidance. Hope to catch you on the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.